Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us tonight to the book of Acts, chapter number 27. As you're uh, opening up the Word of God tonight, we'll... uh, We'll just say how good it's, it is to be here tonight. Appreciate the Holy Spirit of God and what we felt in our heart. Um, you know, we, it's said often, but I could leave right now and say, boy, it's been good Amen. to be in the house of God. Appreciate the faithfulness of the Lord and the Holy Spirit of God that's been in, in this place tonight. Listen, if you ain't felt the presence of God, probably a good time to start checking. Amen. Let's see what's wrong on the inside of you because he'd been all around this place and there'd been enough gospel shared in song and in word and testimony. Uh, that ought to stir your heart somewhere or another. Uh, you, can, you can be a participator, but I'd rather, uh, a, a spectator, I meant, but I'd rather participate, yeah. wouldn't you? Uh, I, uh, it, it makes me a bit envious when somebody feels the spirit and I ain't. Um, I like the I like to be in the presence of yeah. God. I, I appreciate what's been done here tonight. Acts chapter number seven. Uh, Kenzie, appreciate you singing that song. Uh, I had prayed and asked God a simple prayer when I left the house today. I said, God, I believe this is you. And I'd just like for you to show me something, and He did in that song. So I appreciate you obeying God. That was important. And uh, if we all got a part to do, we need to do it, even if you think it's little. Uh, even And I appreciate her confession. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It'd do us all some good. The Bible said that we ought to repent one to another. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't hurt at all to confess our sins. Uh, you know why? Because most other people got similar problems as you do. Uh, I appreciate that. And I can tell you right now, if you was asking forgiveness of me, you got it. Uh, but I appreciate the Lord's honor in that. Amen. Acts chapter number 27. Boy, I wanted to boil this down to three verses, but I couldn't do it. Acts chapter, am I on the right one? What did I say first? We're on 27. Yep, 27. I don't know what it is about me and numbers behind the pulpit, but they don't agree. Acts 27. I'm going to start at verse number 13, and I'll read quickly. I want to read down through this particular section of Scripture. I want you to catch the whole thing, and we're just going to preach on a verse or two at the end. And when the south wind blew softly, Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocliden. When the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a, a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail, and so were driven. We being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, 
The next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken then away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, and we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and sounded and found it at twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. As the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. While the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take, take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have heart tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you, take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. When he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. We were in all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Bow with us. Father, thank you for your word. We pray earnestly for the unction. As uh, what you've shared with our hearts has certainly, Lord, been a buoy to our soul. We thank you for it. We pray that it also be a help to this your flock tonight. Feed them spiritually, God, with this meat. May it be something, God, that strengthens, encourages, and does all of those things that only, Lord, your weak can do. We trust you now as we pray this, believing it, as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to start tonight, the the title of the message would come from verse number 34, where the Apostle Paul advised all of those on board that ship to take some meat, take some meat. Uh, God had touched me with this thought on Monday as he was uh, ministering to my soul. And when we got to the prayer meeting Monday night with the rest of the men, I, I had that in my heart. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit began to move on my soul to share it there. And uh, I shared a thought or two about it there. And uh, for the next couple of days, even in, through today, God has just continued to challenge me with this particular word. 
And I, I want to be faithful to give you what he's given me just as best I can. Uh, the journey of life can often take us through some perilous and unexpected turns. We've heard that in many of the testimonies tonight that have been shared. And oftentimes we begin a journey in life and as Paul did with the south winds behind us blowing softly. Everything looks great and everything looks fine. And then you get into the middle of it and you find out your adversary is still there. And he's got plans and his plans are to destroy yours. And uh, you, you wonder why in the world or how in the world you got in that mess. But I want to say tonight that I've got a God that never fails and he's never left me. And even though there's times in life when the people of God get weary, uh, I want you to know that God's encouraged us not to lay it down. Uh, I, unfortunately, people that get weary spiritually, oftentimes they think it's uh, that the need they have is to step away from church. Let me tell you something, that's a mistake. Uh, the very minute that you step away from the house of God and the place where God feeds his children, you've just exposed yourself to a greater hunger than you've ever been in. Because what we need more of God is his word. Uh, I tell you, if we could get it every day, we need it. Uh, and I believe we do need it every day. I want to challenge us tonight as we look at the word of God and recognize what it is the Apostle Paul was saying that when he said to them, I, I want you to take some meat, he had already given them his word. He had already spoke to them. It doesn't say exactly what night. We know by the time he told them to take some meat, it was the 14th day. But he had told them one of those days before, he said, men, I believe God. And he said, what God told me, he said, I believe God's going to do it. For God said that every man on the ship's going to live. Every man on board, not a man's going to be lost. He said, the ship will. He said, it's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to be lost and we're going to be cast upon a certain island. He said, but if you'll abide in the ship, he said, you'll be saved. And he believed God and he shared this. And uh, when he said to him, take some meat, what the Bible said was is he took some bread and he blessed it right in front of all of them and thanked God for it. And he began to eat some bread. They all began to, take and eat some bread. And the Bible said they were all encouraged. Their heart was cheered up. They were, they were cheered up after being 14 days of fasting and trying and doing their very best to save themselves. Let me say tonight that there's a lot of people trying to save themselves out there. I got good news for you. There's a Savior. Amen. If you'll just call on him, he can help you out of whatever trouble you're in. But you'll get weary. If you've been in it long enough, you'll get weary for God. And I want to encourage you today to eat some meat uh, when it comes to the place where you don't know which way to go or what to do. Amen. Slow down and get some of the meat that God has for you. I don't believe there's ever been a place in the place other than the lives of the people of God where God wasn't right there to help them and to strengthen them. I want to share with you tonight some thoughts concerning God's faithfulness to feed his children. I want to uh, look tonight at the physical first. As we uh, look back through the word of God, you'll find that uh, God fed the children of Israel every morning. 
Amen. The Bible said that manna from heaven would come down. Every morning they'd step outside and they'd uh, experience a brand new load of it. Now, I don't know if you understand what it'd be like to feed a million and a half or two million people every day. But that's a lot of food. And brother, God did it for 40 years, 365 days a year. He didn't miss a day. Uh, the Bible said that every day they got manna from heaven except for the seventh day. And God gave them on the sixth day twice as much just to make sure they had some then. Listen, God's been faithful all along to feed his children and God still feeds them today. Amen. The song that Kinsey sung earlier, that's how the first verse started, was talking about he never, amen, seen them begging for bread. Got, got cabinets that's got food in them. Amen. I don't reckon I've ever missed a meal that I didn't want to miss. Uh, God has always been faithful to feed me. Now, it may not always be that way. I don't know that I'm promised uh, every meal, but I do have some promises from God concerning those things of this life. And I'm glad that when I look back through the word of God, I can find where God was faithful to feed his children. Not only, my friend, did he feed the children of Israel, but we read there when old Samson uh, had stepped out against them Philistines. The Bible said he saw he saw a new bone from an ass, a jawbone. And the Bible said he picked that thing up and he set into killing men. And, and before he was done, there was a thousand dead Philistines around old Samson. He did it all with the jawbone of an ass. And there he stood, parched and about thirst to death. And he cried out unto God and he said, you've delivered all these men into my hand. He said, but I'm going to die of thirst right here. And the Bible said, God told him, he said, in the jawbone of the ass, he said, is a holler. And he said, there's something in there. I believe old Samson, he broke that thing off. And when he began to drink, the Bible said he was quickened and strengthened by what was in it. You say, how in the world? God God knew that he'd be thirsty before he ever picked that thing up. He had already done the miracle before Samson ever needed the miracle. God made a provision that only God could make. Brother, he'll take care of his children. Now that was the physical. We find that old Ruth was gleaning in a field. What she didn't know was them men ahead of her were dropping handfuls of purpose. You know why? Because God was looking after old Ruth. You reckon God looks after you? God was watching that little girl down there as she's working in that field, trying to pick up a little of this and to pick up a little bit of that trying to get enough that she could take home to her mother-in-law to eat for a supper. And the Bible said that old boy saw her down there and they told him who she was. And he told his men, he said, you listen to me. He said, you make sure she stays in my field. He said, and you also make sure that when you're going through there, you be sure to drop plenty down for her. So when she comes in behind you, she picks it up. I'm glad that God has dropped handfuls of purpose all of my life. Amen. I'm glad that my God had there's never been a day, brother, that I've had to worry about where food or clothing were going to come from, where shelter was going to come from. Brother, if you're living for God, there's something you can be sure of. God takes care of his own. Takes care of his own. Oh, Ruth found so much she could barely drag it back to the house. 
when Naomi saw her coming, she said, where have you been and worked today? And she told him. Oh, we know the rest of the story. But oh, what a picture of God's grace of feeding his children, feeding his children. I'm reminded of old Elijah when he told Ahab, he said, there ain't going to be a raindrop fall. He said, till I say so. And when he left old Ahab, the Bible said it dried up around there. And God told Elijah, he said, you go down to the brook Cherith. And he said, you wait right there. Oh, Elijah went down there and he started lounging around that little brook. Uh, the scripture said that he had some water there. And the Bible said that every evening how uh, the ravens would bring him bread and flesh. Every morning he'd wake up and there'd come them birds again, bringing him some bread and flesh. I don't know about you, but I like a God that ain't limited in how he serves, amen. Whether it be from the jawbone of an ass or he makes a bird feed me. Brother God, Brother Hills, do what he said he'll do. He'll feed his children. I'm glad, brother, that every sustenance that I've ever needed, I hope to God you recognize the need how to be grateful when you pray before you eat and thank God for his mercies and his provision for you. But brother, hear me today. God feeds his people today. He still feeds you, friend. You might get it out of a can. You might cook it out of a box. But I want you to know God gave it and God's always been the giver. He's fed you and he's fed me all this time. God fed old Elijah. The Bible said that old brook finally dried up. Now, that old drought was going on for three and a half years. I don't know how much he, he got out of that brook, but I imagine it's a while. Every morning, every evening, he ate flesh and bread that the birds brought to him. <laughs> I don't know if you're worried about physical food today. I kind of doubt it. But if you are, you can be certain of this. God said not to worry about those things. For if he feeds the little birds, he said, how much more does he love you than the little birds? Uh, he said, I'll feed you. Listen, we don't need to worry about the provision of God. He's been paid. You say, preacher, why in the world are you preaching to a bunch of people who have got cupboards full of food? I'm trying to get you to understand in the physical sense first, brother, that God feeds his children and that God's intent is you ain't going to go hungry. I'm glad when it comes right. All that brook dried up and old Elijah was there and the Bible said God told him, he said, I need you to now go down. He said, there's a water woman down there in Zarephath. He said, you go down there. And he said, she'll sustain you from here on out. Oh, Elijah went down there. And the Bible said he saw the little winter woman when he walked into town. She was picking up a couple of sticks. And he said, hey, he said, would you get me a little water? And she turned and headed back to get him a little bit of water. And he said, hey, while you're at it, would you bring me a morsel of bread? That stopped her in her tracks. She stopped right there and she turned around and she said, as the Lord liveth. She said, I was a picking up two sticks. She said, I got a handful of meal. And she said, I got a little bit of oil in a cruise. She said, I was fixing to take these two sticks. And the brother, if all you're cooking takes two sticks to cook it, it wasn't much you was cooking. She said, I was going to take these two sticks and I was going to cook that little cake of bread for me and my son, and we're going to die. And old Elijah told her, he said, you just do as I said. He said, you go get me a little water. 
And he said, you break me a little, bake me a little cake first. And he said, then you go back and make you some. He said, for let me give you some information. He said, for God said, how about the meal that's in your barrel? He said, it will not waste. He said, in the, cru- in the oil that's in your cruise, he said, it will not dry up until this drought is over. That little woman went back in there and she reached her hand down there. Sure enough, there's meal in that, in that barrel. She brought her out. She turned that little cruise of oil up and brother, it pulled out in there and she made a little cake. She went back in there after cooking Elijah one and found out that the meal was still in the barrel. I'm glad, friend, that every day of my life I've had a provider. I believe he's my provider. I'm not looking for the company I work for to provide for me. Brother, if God can't give it, I don't need it today. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to me. Brother, God provides. and He provides the physical. And I'm grateful for that. And I said all that to say this. I believe what we need of God is not necessarily the, the, the physical as much as we need the spiritual. I, I just want to pose a question to you today. And my, my intent, and I believe the Holy Spirit's intent was to challenge us with the word of God on how he fed them physically, right? You, you can't take exception with God concerning how faithful he's been to feed his children. And if God has been that faithful concerning the physical, how much more do you think he wants to feed you the spiritual? Because I don't believe you're lacking the physical. I don't know anybody that's hungry tonight. I don't know anybody that, that, that needs food. And you know what? If they do, we've got a blessing box out there. We've got a, we, we've got, we can give them a pounding from in, in the fellowship hall. We, we do everything we can to try to help people that need help. But let me tell you something. When you're serving God, he's got a way of making provision. And I'm glad for that. But I tell you, I believe he wants me to have spiritual meat too. I believe the heart of God really is on the spiritual. Amen. He's sure been faithful on the physical part. But I tell you right now, I believe he wants us to have the, have the spiritual as much as he does any. Listen to what the Bible said. He said in Matthew chapter number four, verse number four, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I believe that's the Lord right there making a statement that it ain't necessarily the physical food that we need as much as we do the food from God. You say, preacher, I'm not so sure how that God provides me the, the, the spiritual food you're talking about. I'm glad, friend, that every time that I come into the house of God expecting, I get fed. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that God is faithful every time we come into the house of God. Amen. Somehow, I to feel my weary soul. Amen. To provide unto my soul. Amen. The sustenance that I need for the strength, for the journey and the encouragement, uh, amen, for the cheering up that I need from day to day. God wants to help you with the spiritual tonight. Amen. 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 Jesus said, man, don't live by bread alone. Talking about physical. He said, but what we really need is what comes from God. We need the word of God tonight. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank God for a place where I can go and I can get fed the good word of God. Oh, that's a mistake people make. 
They get weary in this spiritual journey. And you know what the tendency of the flesh is when you get weary spiritually? It's to sit at the house. Amen. That's what the flesh wants to do. We might as well admit it. Every time you get spiritually weary, the old flesh says you just need to lay down. You just need to give up. You just need to sit back. It ain't working out. You just need to do something else. Hey, man, God can't hear you anyhow. God's not answering your prayers. Let me tell you something. That ain't ever been but a lie from the devil. Every time that I've ever gone to the house of God with a need in my heart, brother, he was right there to provide me my need. He ain't ever failed to feed me spiritually. But you know what I had to do? I had to get up and go get it. I tried. I had to go to the house of God to get it most of the time. Because when you're spiritually weary, guess what you ain't doing? You ain't praying. You ain't reading your Bible. Because let me tell you something. You can read your Bible and eat at home. Don't you know that? You don't, you don't have to be at the church to get fed by God. His word is meat and drink indeed. And I'll tell you right now, if you go, if you go to the table at the amen, you can open up your Bible in your little house outside. I'll tell you right now, and eat a feast. I've been there many a times. I've sit the house, sit in the garage, sit in my car. I, I, I've opened up the word of God and it come right out of there and God began to feed my soul and strengthen me and help me. You say, preacher, you get weary? Are you kidding me? I can look in your eyes sometimes and tell which of you are weary spiritually. And brother, I'm guessing you can look in mine. There's times that I'm weary. There's times that I don't know what to do. There's times that I don't know which way to go. But I I'll tell you right now, there ain't ever been a time that the Holy Ghost of God ain't been right there to feed me what I need and to keep me going in the journey. Brother, God knows what I need today. I believe he cares more about the spiritual than he does the physical. He took care of old Elijah. Oh, Elijah never missed a meal through that whole drought. Oh, Elijah never lost a pound. He went through that whole thing. And you know what? Even when old Elijah got sideways with God, his back slid on God within a day. He'd killed all the prophets of Baal. Fire had come down out of heaven. And there he was when Jezebel sent word, said, by this time tomorrow... I'll do the same thing to you that you did to them. And the Bible said, oh, Elijah took off a running. Him and his servant, he went all the way down to where the wilderness was and he left his servant and he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He found him a good juniper tree and he laid down under that thing and he made his cry unto God. Now, you don't think he's weary? I'll tell you right now, he was weary physically, he was weary emotionally, and he was weary spiritually. He had just seen fire come down out of heaven. He had just killed 400 prophets in the name of God. He He was experienced a weariness in his soul and I'll tell you right now when he got to that juniper tree that was the last step he could take he couldn't go no more spiritually he is done he was ready to give up and he said God I ain't no different than my fathers why don't you just take my life now you ever been there the Bible said he went to sleep now sometimes a good sleep will help you I, amen, I'll tell you right now, if you get weary, weary in the flesh, you need to lay down for a minute. 
You say, preacher, you're telling me to lay down. I ain't telling you to miss church. I'm telling you to take a nap. I'm telling you to go to bed at night. Quit worrying. Let me give you an example of that. The Bible said Nehemiah, when he got his commission from God to leave Babylon and go all the way back down to Jerusalem, that was an 800-mile journey. Now, he wasn't riding in a Cadillac. Brother, it was a hard 800 miles to get from one place down there to Jerusalem. And the Bible said when he got there, he waited three days. You know what he was doing? Resting. You know why? Because he knew he couldn't do nothing else till he did. Now, there's times, there's times physically you'll get to the place that your body's going to tell you you've got to stop for a minute. You're going to have to take a nap. You're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to. But let me tell you something. There ain't ever a time in your life when the Holy Spirit will tell you don't go to church, don't read your Bible, and don't pray. Huh? You with me? What you need from God more than you need the next beef, beef biscuit or tater. What you need from God is something, friend, that'll strengthen you spiritually. Elijah got just what he needed. He laid down there under that juniper tree. He had done told God he was done. He couldn't go no farther. He couldn't do no more. Everything, he laid it out before God and he just went to sleep. The Bible said next thing you know, somebody waking him up. When, the, when he woke up, he looked around there, there was an angel. And the Bible said the angel had some bread, bacon on some coals, had a pitcher of water sitting at his head. Amen. The Bible said the angel told him three things. said, arise and eat. That's all he said. Now, I'm still talking about the physical. <laughs> the Bible said, oh, oh, Elijah, he got up, he ate, and he drank that water. He laid back down. He went to sleep again. The Bible said, wasn't, I don't know how long it was, but next thing we know, he got woke up again. There was that same angel. Hey, man, must have been a good cook. Whatever it was cooking, hey, man, Elijah was eating. He woke up from there, and this time the angel said, hey, arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. Hey, man, I want you to know today that when it comes to the spiritual things of God, that you're going to have to get them from God. Hey, man, they'll come through many ways, but God is the one that'll send it to you. And you're going to need him today because the journey is too great for you. Jesus would say this in Matthew chapter number five, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. (laughs) He didn't say after a hamburger. He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. That's a promise that comes from God. I believe God's more concerned about our spiritual health than he is our physical health. God can heal you physically. That's not a problem. He can heal you physically. A lot, I heard a guy say the other day, actually he was at our prayer meeting the other day, one of the pastors that was there, he said, really, truly, he said, I believe a lot of the physical problems that are going on in my church are spiritual begun. He said, they start with spiritual, and he said, it ends up manifesting itself physically through the bodies of some of those folks. And he said, I believe if they'd just get right with God, some of this other stuff would clear up. Now, I don't know what that means for you or for me, but I'll tell you right now, what I do believe is that I need God's spiritual meat as often as I can get it. And every time that I feel weary, amen, that's the time I need to perk up in my heart and recognize I need to get to the house of God. I need to get around some godly people I need to get around some godly music I need to open up my Bible and I need to be a praying and seeking God brother there is strength for the journey for you and God wants you to have it 
He wants you to have it. Oh, I'm sad about the way people attack this sometimes. You know, a lot of people ain't here tonight, some of them at least, because they're weary. Spiritually. Spiritually, they're weary. They just don't feel like going on. Listen, the worst thing you can do is absent yourself from the table. Huh? When you need strength from God and you need food from God, the worst thing you can do is not go to the table when dinner's called. Amen. We ought to be we ought to be in here lined up with our with our bibs on. Amen. Our our utensils ready every time the doors are open. Because I'll tell you right now, you need as much of this food as you can get. Amen. If, if this is all you're getting, you probably need some more. But listen, you ought to be getting something out of the services when you come into the house of God. I believe He wants to feed you spiritually, and I believe He will. I believe He will. Listen, you don't have to testify tonight, but I believe a lot of you believe you, when you come here, you're expecting God to do something for you. Amen. How, how many would say right now that he does? I do. I certainly believe that. When I come into the house of God, I expect to be fed, and I'll tell you right now, he never failed me. He ain't never failed me. You've got your hands washed. He'll say, scoot up here. He'll fill your plate up. And that's what we need, you see. That's what we need is that spiritual food. Well, the Bible said as the apostle Paul was encouraging them to take some meat, he said, listen, this is for your health. He said, I can assure you, they'll not a hair fall from your head, not any one of you. Amen. Let me give you some encouragement today concerning the spiritual. When it comes to, when it comes to God, let me assure you of something. They'll not a hair fall from your head. Not one of you. If you're a child of God today, you're right there in the palm of his hand and there ain't nobody able to get you out of his hand. Now, I don't know about you, but that's about as safe as you can get. I'm in the hand of the Almighty today. And brother, I'm just, amen, if the the devil can't get to me, I'm not bragging about myself. I'm bragging about my God, the one that has me. And brother, there ain't nothing going to get to me that doesn't pass through his hands. And I love it. I love it, you see, because he feeds me. Not only does he feed me physically, but bless God, he feeds me spiritually. The apostle Paul said to the 275 that was with him, the Bible said he told them, listen, you need to take some meat for your health. It's important if you're going to carry on in this journey. You've stuck it out. You've held fast. You've done your best, but it comes right down to it. You better get something in your belly or you ain't going to make it. Now, that was wise counsel. I believe God wants us to take some meat spiritually. I believe that, that more importantly to the Lord is the spiritual meat that so many people have excused themselves from. And it's to their own demise. Because when you get to the place that you're not being fed spiritually, what are you being fed? If you're not receiving the meat from God, what are you receiving? What is it that's sustaining your soul spiritually? Because you need that meat from God. You need that meat. Jesus was clear and said, he said, I am the bread. That's the bread you need. 
Jesus is the meat and drink indeed. He is what we need spiritually in our heart. And if you're not getting adequate amounts of that every Sunday, every Wednesday, throughout the week when you open your Bible and you seek God, listen, I'm trying to encourage you tonight to take some meat for the journey. You need it. You need it. Your soul needs it. Take some meat. Take some meat. I was listening listening last week and uh, I listened to it again this week just just to make sure I remembered the story well. But 20, I believe it was about 25 years ago, a man by the name of Bobby Thompson came to, came to Maryville in revival and, and he held revival out there where Memorial Funeral Home is now. There was a little white church there then. Uh, most of you older folks remember that. There was a church there before the big one was there and... Uh, me and Roy Marcus went went to revival meeting. They called him the Eagle Preacher, and that's uh, because he had studied eagles for years and years, and God had given him great insight and thoughts from the Word of God concerning eagles. And uh, he certainly had applied that, and was and all we, we had heard those messages. Roy and I, we'd listened to them together, and uh, when we heard he was coming to Maryville, we we went one night and we heard him preach this message. It's on YouTube if you want to hear it, but. Uh, the title of the message was The Dangers of Lodging in the Wilderness. He told a story. He told a story. I shared a part of this Monday night, but he told a story about when he was uh, holding revival in, in North Carolina, <clears throat> and this Indian came to him said, Preacher, he said, I want to take you and show you some things this week while you're here in revival with us. And uh, so he agreed, and he went with that Indian back into this back into the Indian reservation wherever they were at. And he said they went way back in the country. And he said the, the old Indian took him way down in this 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 bottom of this canyon and and and, and they could see eagles were flying everywhere and this this Indian he was he knew every one of them and knew where their rocks were and, and all these things about him and and uh, he said preacher he said what I want you to see is what happens to the eagles when they're moping. Apparently, there's a moping period for eagles, and it's a very dangerous time for them because what happens is, is they leave the sky, they leave the cliffs and the rocks that are high, and they go down into the wilderness. They get down in there, and they stay too long, and while they're down there, their, their old beaks begin to calcify and corrode over, covers up their, their, their nose and their way they breathe, and their, their legs and feet begin to swell and bust and, and their claws, they calcify and corrode over to where they, they, they can't move them no more. Their feathers begin to fall out and they get all dirty and unusable and, and they get themselves down in there and that old Indian took, took Bobby Thompson down in there and he said, and he showed him, he said, you see them eagles? There were five of them out there. He said, these five eagles, he said, they've been here for a couple of weeks now. And he said, I watch him. He said, I come here every day. And he said, I watch him. And, and he said to him, he said, he, said, he said, I just want you to watch what happens. And he said, as I watched them five eagles, he, he said, my heart broke. He said, because their heads were hanging down. And he said, every one of them just looked like they were about to die. Let me tell you something. There's Christian people that get that way. 
Hey, man, it breaks my heart when I see some of them. Because I've seen them when they soared. Amen. I've seen them when they was in the air. I've seen them when they had a rock that they left and went back to every day. I've seen them when they were eagles and they lived like an eagle Christian. But may I say to you today, when you get down in despair and when you allow the weariness of this world and in your soul to drag you into the wilderness, it's a dangerous time in your life. It's a dangerous time. Some of you have been there. Amen. You've been in that place where spiritually you wasn't sure you were going to get out of it. As they watched those eagles, he said, I heard wings above. He said, he said, get back over here out of the way. He said, we got to hide. So they went over and they hid around a tree. And he said directly, he heard, he heard some wing, wing beats above them. He looked up and he saw five eagles up there. And he said, he said, them eagles, he said, they started coming down low. And he said, when they got down to where them other eagles were, he said, something started hitting the ground. He said, there was, they was fresh meat hitting the ground all around them other five eagles. Amen. And that old Indian, he took a spell. And he said, you know what they're doing, preacher? He said, no, tell me. He said, them eagles, he said, them ball done been down here and got out. He said, they've been in the wilderness before. He said, what's he doing? He said, they dropping them to meat. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I sure do appreciate it when somebody drops me a little meat. When they, when they say, I care about where you're at. I've been there. I've suffered like that. I want you to know I'm, I'm sending some meat down to you. He said, it looked like little chunks of rabbit, little chunks of squirrel. It wasn't the whole thing. No, these eagles had skinned that rabbit and they'd pulled off chunks. So all they had to do was to get it in their mouth and get some nourishment for their soul. Listen, if you know somebody that's down there in that spiritual weary place and that journey has got too hard, drop them some good meat. They need some help today. He said, I watched and he said, Directly two of them little old eagles, they, 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 they forced themselves over there, got down and started grabbing that meat and trying to get it in them. Three of them others, they just sit there. They never moved. They never moved. Preacher asked him, he said, what's going to happen to them three eagles? He said, if they don't eat, they're going to die here. He said, I'll show you here directly. He took him out around. After that, he walked him around the side of a hill and he had 27 graves where he had buried eagles. They died right there in the wilderness. You know why they died? Because they wouldn't eat the meat. You want to die spiritually in this world? You quit going to the house of God. You quit opening up the word of God. You quit praying to the almighty God. You quit getting fed spiritually and you'll die out. That's what will happen to you. You'll fade out. Amen. You can't go without nourishment in the soul. And brother God has promised he'd give it to you. Them old eagles, they come through there and they drop that meat. He said when they all had dropped their meat, they got as close as they could without going down into the to the wilderness. And they dropped that meat down there right on top of them other eagles. And then they went back up and he said they began to circle. And he said directly they began to scream. All five of them. Woo! They all began to scream. The preacher asked him, he said, what are they doing? He said, they're telling them, you can get out of there. 
Don't stay down there. Keep eating the meat we're bringing you. You don't have to die in the wilderness. He said he's encouraging them. Them eagles up there flying around. Woo! They screaming to him, trying to get him to wake up. Don't die down there. We've been there. You can get out. Get you some meat and it'll help you. I don't know how many times I've drug into church and some old saint of God fly right over me and drop me some meat. Huh? Boy, that's good. I don't know how many times I've been helped come to the house of God and feel whipped, worthless, sit down on the bench Wondering, God, does it even matter? And the next thing I hear is the wing beat. Amen. Of somebody that's done been there. And I can hear, oh, when the meat starts falling. Amen. And you can hear them go to shouting. Oh, don't stay down there. Amen. Don't stay down there. Get up out of that wilderness. Eat the meat that God is sending you. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm tickled to death that God will send some strong meat to us every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every time we come into the house of God. Amen, I don't care. Amen, who it is up here preaching, God's been faithful to send some strong meat. Amen, because you need it, I need it. And brother, when it's dropped down to us, we better eat it and we better pay attention to the admonition and the exhortation that's given from the testimonies that we hear all around us. Brother, don't stay in the wilderness. Get up out of there. Take some meat. Take some meat. He preached the revival that whole week, Friday. That week, that Indian came back to him. He said, preacher, he said, you got to go with me. I got to show you something else. They went back over there. He said, I want to show you an eagle. He said that finally got out of the wilderness. Now, them other two eagles, he gave him a report on them. And he said one of them was halfway up the mountain. And he said the other one had started. But they were a trying. Amen. Eagles got to get to the top. They don't, they don't live on the bottom. Right? That's a chicken or a turkey. Eagles live up on the high. He said, them other two, he said, they're climbing. And he said, every day, them other eagles will find them and drop in some strong meat, some fresh meat for them, encourage them to keep on a climbing. That's what we ought to do for one another, amen. Help one another in this journey. Drop some strong meat. Send your brother a text. Send your sister a text or a letter or a card or a phone call. Let them know, amen, the word of God. Share a verse with them. Pray with them. Do something to drop a little meat and encourage them to get out of that wilderness. He took him up there and he said, but I want to show you an eagle that's finally made it to the top. He took him up on a, a high bluff and he got a telescope out and he said, I know just where his rock is. According to them, an eagle only has one rock. He said he never leaves it. He said when he, pick, when he picks his rock, he stays with his rock he, for life. He never leaves that rock. It's his rock. 
There's a message in that too, amen. But he said he got that telescope out and he put it right on that eagle. He said, no preacher, he said just three weeks ago this eagle was in the bottom. He was down there. He said, I want you to look at him. Look at him. He looked at that eagle out there and he said, I see him. He said, my. He said, he don't look anything like him others. He said, no. He said, when he finally got to his rock, he took that old that stuff that was matted up and calcified on his beak and he started rubbing it on that rock. And he said he rubbed that. And he did the same thing with his claws. Amen. Let me tell you something. Everything you need, you can work it out on the rock. Everything that's bothering you, you can work her out on the rock. That's the best place to get the business done is just get back to your rock. Amen. And get that stuff worked off that ain't supposed to be there. He's seen that old eagle shaking his feathers. He said, watch him, preacher. He said, he's fixing to jump. That old eagle would look up. He said, you notice anything different about his eyes and those that were in the wilderness? He said, yeah, those that were down there, he said, they were all dry and crusty around their eyes. He said, but that eagle's eyes are wet. He said, yeah, he's, he's been weeping. He said, eagle eyes are always wet when they're healthy. I'll tell you right now, a good child of God, amen, their eyes are always wet. Amen. When it comes when it comes to God, I don't know about you, but I'm a crying feller. Amen. Every time I feel the Spirit of God, I can't stop them. They just fall like rain. And I'm proud of it. Amen. There was a time I told God when he called me to preach, you've made a mistake. All I'll do is cry and blow my nose. And yeah, man, I was right. But he still called me. And I've learned to live with it. I'm glad that there's something about the heart of a man when he gets near to looking to God that his eyes, they get wet. Amen. We begin to long for the heavens and the skies where we're meant to be. You need to take some meat. God sent you some meat tonight. You need to take this meat and let it strengthen your heart. It wasn't long. He watched that old eagle finally got ready and it was looking toward the sky. It let out a big shout and that thing jumped from there and there he went. He caught a, a, big, a big wind and, and, and up he went and he was flying up there and directly they seen him start circling and they heard that old eagle start screaming. Amen. He said, what's he doing? And the Indian told him, said, he's a shouting. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's made it out of the wilderness. I don't know about you. Amen. You could testify. I know you could. Everybody in the house that's been with the Lord any amount of time could probably testify. I've been down there. Yeah, I've been down there where I didn't know if I was going to make it out. And I sure thank God for them people. Amen. That never quit praying for me. They kept a drop. <laughs> They kept dropping strong meat down to me. That's good, ain't it? When it don't look like you're going to make it. And the people of God, they, Whoa, hang on. You're going to come out of there and just drop you some meat. And day after day and time after time, the Heavenly Father just pours that meat down to you. Said, keep a digging, keep working, keep eating this meat, and you'll get out of that place one day. Paul told him, he said, take some meat. That's good advice. Take some meat. You ain't going to make it spiritually if you're living without the meat from God's table. 
The Word of God and the Spirit of God is our meat and drink indeed. Everything that we need comes from it. And God has fed you spiritually. Some of you have been in this journey for a long time. Others may be new at it. But either way, I can tell you what takes place. Your Heavenly Father feeds you as much spiritually, wants to, than He does physically. He told you not to worry about the physical. He said, the birds don't worry. You needn't worry. He said, I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your clothes. I'll take care of your houses. You don't worry about that stuff. Brother, we need to be concerned about the spiritual. Because man don't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know them, don't we? We can name them. And they're down there. And their heads are nearly on the ground. Their feet are all busted up. And they can't hardly breathe. They're starving spiritually. And they're in a place that they can't even get to it. But that don't stop God from sending meat to them. You can come around by them every now and then and drop them some fresh meat. Tell them what God said about it. Give them the love of God. Share with them the compassion and the mercy of God. Give them his word and pray for them. Brother, if they're to survive spiritually, they'll have to have the meat. Take some meat. The church today, the church of Jesus Christ, it's, it's going to be ever so important that we recognize how necessary assembling is. The Apostle Paul would be clear about it and, and say to fail not to assemble yourselves together. The manner of some is, don't pay attention to what other people do. He said, but you hear me, do not fail to assemble yourselves together. especially as you see the days of hard things approaching. They're upon us. They're here. We need this place. We need every place that we can receive from God the spiritual meat for this journey. Be here. Make a commitment to be here. And let God feed you what you need. Listen, if you're missing this, you're suffering spiritually. You're suffering spiritually. And this ain't the only place to get it. It ain't the only place to get it. You need to be getting the meat every day. Right? God, God will feed you wherever you're at. Doesn't have to be here, but I can tell you right now, there's always a table spread here. For it is God's intent to feed his sheep in that manner. That's his business, not mine. It's his plan that you come together for an under-shepherd to feed you. That was his business, okay? That's how he set it up. If you don't want to do it, you better take it up with him. But I can assure you, it's his intent to feed us through this particular method. And then you have the opportunity every day 
to feed and receive spiritual meat. All you got to do is ask for it. When you open up your Bible, ask for it. God will give it to you. God will strengthen you with it. God will help you with it. He won't fail. He won't fail on the physical, and he sure won't fail on the spiritual. It's all about what we want. Would you stand with us? (coughs) You're here tonight and need him. I don't know your heart, but if you need to pray, I can't hardly sing, so we'll just... We'll just give an altar call now. If you need to pray, come on, we'll pray. If you need the Lord, anybody at all.